Oh, let's magnify him tonight. Oh, my. My. You may be seated for just a moment. I am, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm about like the Apostle Paul tonight. He said he was caught up and he was in between. And he didn't, to, to leave or to, to stay. And he said, really, and I, and I tell you, I, I'm really in a dilemma here. I, I really, I really am in a, a dilemma here right now. And uh, I'm going to start out preaching. But as soon as I feel like it's time to gather you back, has anyone received the Holy Ghost tonight for the first time? You spoke in tongues the first time. Would you raise your hand? That means been refilled tonight. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. Give the Lord praise right now. What's singing? Now, let me tell you how we're going to roll tonight. Uh, some time ago, Bishop Wilson, I was preaching at home, and I was preaching on some holiness standards. And it got rather quiet when I was preaching. I know that don't happen down here with you all. But it got a little bit quiet in the house. And uh, I thought, I, you know what? I need, to, uh, I, need to, I need to use a little humor here and get these folks back in the boat with me. And it's kind of like, like reeling fish in, you know. And so I, I stopped and I said, you know, you, you know I am preaching a, a, a $100 message. Now, this, this message is worth $100. I said, somebody ought to run up here and put $100 on the platform and we'll give it to missions. That's what I said. Well, here comes somebody up with a 20 and a 10. And finally, it got to 100 and I stopped and I said, nothing doing. I said, this is a $200 message if I've ever heard a $200 message in my life. And they did just like you. They started laughing. And then I went right back to preaching holiness to them. And it got quiet and I said, you know what? It's this a $500 message if I've ever preached a $500 message in my life. Can I tell you that I got my holiness message done that night and we raised $3,500 for missions that night. Now, I happen to know that we're just a few hundred dollars away from having $50,000. And if the Holy Ghost moves on you while I'm preaching, I want you just to come up here and lay it on the altar. Just come up here and lay your offering on the altar tonight. God is doing something in the Mississippi district. There's a spirit of giving and there's a spirit of the power of God. Somebody shout Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. I want you to know tonight, I've not read my text yet, but I want you to know, you may be seated, but I want you to know that we must exalt Jesus Christ. From here on out, this service is not about us. This service is about the lost and the prodigals. If I would follow my flesh a little bit tonight, Brother Voskis, I would just get up and say, let's keep on shouting. But you see tonight, this service from here on out is not about us. 
It's about what we're called to do. We are called to reach the lost. We have no other purpose but to reach the lost. And the only one that can help us reach the lost is the one who died for the lost. And I wish somebody would shout out his name. Say it again. Say it again. Jesus. Jesus is in every book in the Bible. In Genesis, he's the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our high priest. Numbers, he's the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. Deuteronomy, he's the prophet like unto Moses. Joshua, he's the commander of the Lord's army. Judges, he's the judge and lawgiver. Ruth, he's our kinsman redeemer. First and second Samuel, he's the seed of David. Kings and Chronicles, he's the reigning king. Ezra, he's the faithful scribe. Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of everything broken. Esther, he's our Mordecai, our advocate. Job, he's our ever-living redeemer. Psalms, he's our shepherd. Proverbs, he's our wisdom. Ecclesiastes, he's our meaning of life. Songs of Solomon, he's the loving bridegroom. Isaiah, he's the prince of peace. Jeremiah, lamentation, he's our weeping prophet. Ezekiel, he's the glorious Lord. Daniel, he's the fourth man in the fiery furnace. Hosea, he's the faithful husband. Joel, he's the outpourer of the Holy Ghost. Amos, he's the burden bearer. Obadiah, a judge and a savior. Jonah, the risen prophet. Micah, the ruler of the world from Bethlehem. Nahum, our stronghold. Habakkuk, our watchman. Zephaniah, our mighty to save. Haggai, the restorer. Zechariah, the branch of David. Malachi, the son of righteousness. Matthew, he's the king of the Jews, the Messiah, the Christ, the son of the living God. Mark, he's the servant miracle worker. Luke, he's the baby in the manger and the son of man. John, he's the son of God, the living word, the way, the truth, and the life. Acts, he's the savior of the world and the ascended Lord. Romans, he's the justifier. Corinthians, he's the resurrection and the comfort. Galatians, he's the liberator. Ephesians, he's the head of the church. Philippians, he's our joy. Colossians, he's the completeness and the glue that holds the world together. Thessalonians, he's the coming king. Timothy, he's our mediator. Philemon, he's our blessed benefactor. Titus, he's the blessed hope. Hebrews, he's our perfection. James, he's the power behind our faith. First and second Peter, he's the chief shepherd and the chief cornerstone. First and second, third John, he's the truth and the everlasting life. Jude, he's the foundation of our faith and our security and revelation. He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. Can I get you excited about Jesus Christ? He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He's the keeper of creation and the creator of all. He is the architect of the universe and the manager of all times. He always was, he always is, and he always will be. Unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, but never undone. He was bruised for our healing. He was pierced for our pain. He was persecuted for our freedom. He was dead and he brought life. He's risen and he brings power. Somebody shout out his name. Somebody shout out his name. He is risen and he brings power. He reigns and he brings peace. 
The world can't understand him. The armies can't defeat him. The schools can't explain him. And the leaders can't ignore him. Herod couldn't kill him. The Pharisees couldn't confuse him. And the grave couldn't hold him. Nero couldn't crush him. Hitler couldn't silence him. Other religions cannot replace him. And the world cannot explain him away. He is light. He is love, longevity, and Lord. He's goodness, kindness, gentleness, and God. He's holy, righteous, mighty, powerful, and pure. His ways are right. His word is eternal. His will is unchanging. His mind is upon us. He is my redeemer. He is my savior. He is my guide. He is my peace. He is my joy. He is my comforter. He is my Lord, and he rules my life. Somebody shout out his name. Oh, shout out his name. But what good is all of that? Brother Kenny Chester, what good is all of that as long as it stays in this building? Do you know who really needs to hear this tonight? The men and women that are sitting on bar stools. You know who needs to hear this tonight? The men and women in your community that's trying everything in the world. They need to hear about a God. You may be seated. I, I, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit tonight. You know I love you. You know I appreciate you and all of that. But I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit tonight. But sometimes we quote scriptures we don't qualify for. Can I tell you, unlike God is not like the U.S. government. You have to qualify for His benefits. We quote scripture we don't qualify for. I'll tell you one that we quote we don't qualify. You got to qualify for. Some folks don't qualify for it. They will quote the end of Matthew 28, 20. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. They're going through a trial and somebody that hadn't prayed in a month of Sundays, somebody that wouldn't know what the church house looks like. And somebody will say, you know the Lord said he'd always be with us even to the end of the world. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, you got to qualify for that. There is a qualifying verse for that and it's the verse before it. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. You can't just take that verse. If you want God's ever abiding presence, you better be ever witnessing to a lost and a dying world because that's what he said. Oh, you know this is a thousand dollar sermon I'm preaching on tonight. You, you know, you, you know, you, 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 you know, you know, you know, you know. I'll tell you another verse that, that, that we hear quoted a lot. It's got something to do with giving tonight too. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But you know, you got to qualify for that. That's Philippians 4.19. you got to qualify for that. Because Philippians 4.18 is the qualifying. 
but I have all and abound. And I am full, and having received of Epiroditus, that's a man in the church at Philippi, he said, having received of Epiroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. You can't expect God to meet all of your needs if you're not helping God meet his need. Now, I'm, I'm, we're just moving in the Holy Ghost tonight. I'm so far off my notes right now, I can't get back. But you've got to love the things God loves. I said, you've got to love the things that God loves. You, you know how to get on any you, you know how to get on any grandparents good side talk about their grandkids you can be talking to them about a subject and they're just dazed off looking looking at the wall you know you've totally lost them but mention one of their grandchildren it's like yeah 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 you know there was more attention on this platform tonight than's been up here all week long you know why? Because when that children's choir got up here, they was a bunch of grandparents proud as cheese in this place. I, I, I mean, they had their cell phones out. And, and they, you know what? Do you know if you want to get the, on the good side of God, love what God loves. And there's two things in the scripture that God specifically says he loves. He said he loves the gates of Zion. That's the church house. He said, I love the church house. But there's a second thing God loves and they gotta go together. The Bible said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Brothers and sisters, we gotta love what God loves. We gotta love our house of worship and we gotta love a lost and a dying world. How many believes? How many wants to go ahead and pray right now? Because this message, this message is not for us tonight. It's for those that are outside of the walls of this building. Father, I pray that all of our churches have sinners in them on Sunday morning. Father, I pray right now that God, we would reach out between tonight and Sunday morning and we would invite prodigals. We would invite sinner people. God, I pray that we can get the lost people to your house. Lord, I pray that a spirit of inviting people would baptize us. God, deliver us from the fear of being told no. God, may we be free to invite people to our house of worship. God, may we invite those to the house Church can't be all about me. It's got to be about a lost and a dying world. You want the ever abiding presence of God? You better be doing something to advance the kingdom of God. You better be looking. You may be seated. Be looking for somebody to invite to church. Be looking to teach somebody a Bible study. 
be looking to, to make a phone call. Listen, we got enough prodigals that if we would leave here tomorrow morning and we would just begin to think about prodigals and we would send a text message. We're living in a day of, of, of convenience and we ought to use those conveniences to promote the kingdom of God. Sometimes, sometimes I just take a Saturday and I'll just text a few prodigals. And I don't preach to them. I don't do things like, you know, you sorry sinner, you ain't seen church and I don't know when and I had a vision of you and you're going to go to hell and all that. No, the Bible said he that wins souls is wise. My text sounds, Sister Wilson sounds something like this. Hey man, had you on my heart today. Love you. I sent a, I, I sent a man a text last week and, and, and he just lost his way and just sent a text and and, uh, and he's responded to it. Sometimes on Sunday mornings, they'll come to me and they'll say, you won't believe who just walked in. And I say, who? And they'll tell me and I'll say, I believe it. You know why I believe it? I texted him yesterday. And they wasn't thinking about coming to church a bit more than a man in the moon. Because hell tells all of our prodigals we don't want them here anymore. Hell tells all, not only does hell tell our prodigals, hell tells lost sinners they're not welcome here because they're not dressed right. They're not welcome here because they're all messed up. Come on, North, come on, North Mississippi. I just believe we ought to turn the tables on the devil and we ought to flood text messaging tomorrow. We ought to text every prodigal that we know. Don't you, don't you run into a prodigal at Walmart and wonder if they saw you or not. Don't you let the devil get the upper hand on them. Stop what you're doing. Go down the aisle where they're at. Speak to them. That way the devil can't tell them, see there, see there, they saw you. They don't want you anymore. For God so loved the world. This message right now is not about us. It's about people outside of the doors of our church. I'll tell you how God can work. I'll tell you how God can work on people. Several years ago, several years ago, are we doing pretty good there, brother? Pretty good? Okay, all right, let me check now. Y'all emptying them things quick. Several years ago, I had a little old couple in our church having some marital issues. And somebody shot me a, their, their phone number, or I had their phone number. But I got one number wrong when I called them back. I got their answer machine. I just left them a long text. I told them God had his uh, uh, voicemail. I told them God had his eye on them, that God knew where they were at, and they need to hold on to God. And I, I just, man, I just went on and went on and went on and went on. I even prayed. I didn't hear anything back from them. I thought, man, that's rather odd that they haven't, they haven't called me back. About a month later, a man called me and he said, Reverend, he said, we are your wrong number. He said, but my wife and I were on the verge of a divorce. And he said, we had almost called it quits. 
But I come home from work one night to find my wife sitting on the edge of the bed weeping and she just kept pushing the answering machine. And she kept saying, you know, this guy's got the wrong number. I don't even know what state he was in. I had the wrong area code. And, and he said, we have listened to this and listened to this and listened to this. And he said, God has turned this thing around for us. If God can work with a wrong number, how much can God work with the right number? Again. I'm just just out here so far tonight. You see, there's power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's power. There may be power in my shout. But let's face it, my shout really doesn't affect the sinner. You say, well, the word says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Now, we take praise and add it into that. That's not what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about being lifted up on Calvary. He wasn't talking about us shouting. And God knows I love to shout. Y'all see me get down here with you tonight? Because I love to shout. But shouting profits me. It doesn't profit a lost soul. And God did not hang on a cross so I could have a shout. God hung on a cross so I could be saved and be a testimony. Every one of you are a testimony. You don't have to be a preacher. Students, hear me tonight. You don't have to be a preacher for God to use. You can be an architect. You can be a lawyer. You can be a construction worker. You can be a nurse at a hospital. You you don't have to be a preacher with a card. God wants a last day revival and you are it. That is if you want his ever abiding presence in your life. Hey. Oh Lord, I... Have I told you I'm so far off I can't get back tonight? Can I tell you that when you give to missions, that you put a divine insurance policy on your church financially? I would have hated to have thought. I I would have hated to have thought that when COVID hit, and we wasn't passing the plates. I would have hated to have thought that I was all alone. And you might think this is a little off tonight, but I called some interest back into the Miracle Church. That's right, I called some interest. I don't want what I give back from Russia. I don't want what I give back from Lebanon. I said, God, I just need some interest. So I prayed toward the north. And I said, God, everybody we give to in the north, I need some interest to come back. And I prayed toward the south. And I said, God, everybody we give to in the south, I I, I kind of, I've been known just to, matter of fact, I'll tell you something. I was praying one day in the auditorium and we were building the Maribel Church, the the new church. And we had a big it was called a, a, a window curtain, that big, that big glass arch that was there. And at the time, we had it plywood, OSB board, because they gave us the quote on that window glass. That whole glass arch was $44,000. 
that OSB board was more affordable for us at the time. Because we was trying to build, we were building it and paying for it as we went. And so help me, my righteous God, and I am not evangelistically speaking in this story. But I stood in that auditorium and I said, God, a man asked you to stop the sun so he could finish a battle. And you hearkened to his voice. And I said, God, would you lay it on somebody's heart? Lay it on somebody's heart. The man still goes to our church. You want to verify this, fact check me, whatever you want to do. The man still goes to my church. I said, God, speak to somebody by that, that glass window. And I stepped out, those of you that have been to the Maribel Church, I stepped out of the double doors into the fellowship hall. And there stood Randy Newcomer. And he had his dog under his arm. Now, I'm a dog lover, but they got their place. Here we got little daycare kids trying to be fed. I said, hey, hey, Brother Randy. He said, I've been looking for you. i got something to tell you. I said, well, why don't we step out here? Step out. Let's step outside. He said, uh, he said, Brother Carpenter, he said, I, I just got back from the attorney's office and my settlement has come. I didn't, help me God, I didn't know he had something to settle. <laughs> he said, oh yeah, he said, I had an injury years ago. It's been tied up in court. And he said, uh, I've already seen the first check that I'm going to get. And said, that we're working on a second check to cover some medical uh, uh, bills that I've got and I won't be taxed for it. But he said that that first check, of course, I'm kind of checking his dog out and, you know, making sure we get far enough away from the building, you know. And, and he said that that first check is, 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 is for $490-something thousand dollars. Kind of like talking about, kind of like talking about grandkids, huh? He said, you know, I've been driving by the new church. He said, Bill Carpenter, how much would it cost to buy that glass to go in the front of that building? I said, $44,000. He said, go ahead and order it, and I'll give you the check. I'll bring you the check. Come on, let me brag on Jesus for a moment. Let me, tell you, let me tell you another thing that happened. There was a woman that my wife and I began to counsel with. She was suicidal. She was going through a divorce. And we were counseling with her. And one day she called me up. She was screaming so loud. I thought she was on the verge of, uh, of trying to want to take her life or something. She was screaming. When I finally got her calmed down, I finally got her calmed down. She informed me that she had just got so low, so down, that she began to pray. And she said, Brother Carpenter, God has filled me with the Holy Ghost. A few months later, we ministered to her. We, she, she got in the church. We ministered to her. She called my wife and I up. Her, her, uh, the divorce had ended. Things had been settled. They had had a very lucrative business. And she called us up and asked us to meet us at an attorney's office. When we got in the attorney's office, there was a long table there, Bishop. And on that long table was all kinds of paperwork that was there. My wife had got into the building first. Uh, I, I was on a call and, and, and I kind of came in a little later. And when I came in and walked into the room, all this paperwork was there and it was the equivalent, I think it was eight houses 
It was like uh, or, or eight or nine houses. It was a farm. It was uh, several building lots. Anyway, what was on that table was almost a million dollars in real estate. And the attorney said, this woman wants to give this to the church. And, and, and I guess maybe I'm, I don't have as much faith as a lot. And I begin to think, the newspaper might think, you know, preacher takes advantage of woman. Uh, and I, and I, I start going, uh, now, now I didn't talk to you about this because here, here we got this attorney standing here at the table. And I said, I didn't talk to you about this. You're right. I didn't because I was wanting a witness when the paper come out. I, I, you know, I, I didn't talk to you about this. I, I haven't put this in your mind or anything like that. She said, no, pastor. She said, I, I just, I just, this is something that I want to do. This is something that I want to bless the work of God. This is something. And I kept saying, but I want to know. And finally, the attorney spoke up and said, Reverend, She's trying to bless your church. And we walked away with almost a million dollars in real estate. But I told you all that to tell you this. And I brag on Jesus tonight, not on myself. I promise you, I just want to prove a point. None of that would have been possible had we not determined before we put the first shovel in the ground when Bishop Steve Wilson preached my wife and I at a general conference flat on our faces about the value of one dollar, we went home and began to aggressively give to missions. We, it was a bill. It was something that we didn't see it as something extra. It was a bill that we gave. It was a bill that was due. It was something that we paid and we paid and we decided when we started the Marable Miracle that we will not decrease our missions giving one dime. I had several men in the church that met me and said, you know, if you could just stop for a year or two of giving missions money, we could finish our building. And I told them, if we stop giving to missions, we may never finish this building. You see, you can't jump up with my God shall supply all your needs in glory if you're not giving by Etheroditus, if you're not giving to the work of God. You know why I stand and wave the flag that we've come through COVID as an organization we brought more in, as churches that we brought more in. You know why? We've got something in common. We never stop giving to missions. And God, listen, the way God blesses you is not through the economy. The way God blesses you is through your giving. It is through your giving. Right smack dab in the middle of COVID. Now you keep on giving tonight. You keep on giving tonight. They, they bringing empty buckets back. They're smack dab in the middle of COVID. I'm so far off my notes I can't get back. And I'm trying to find where to get off tonight. All right. Smack dab in the midst of COVID. A man and his wife started coming to our church from Florida. Got a long story. It's a restoration. It's a it's a woman who was apostolic and, and things happened. She got out of church and married this denominal man and they started going to that denominal church and, and uh, she got warmed back up with God and she began, I think they might have had a good service at that denominal church and she kind of told him, said, you really don't know what a good service is. They started watching our webcast and, and then they started coming up and I started teaching the man a home Bible study. Every time she would bring him up, I was teaching him a home Bible study. One day, I, 
I took him to the baptismal pool and baptized him in Jesus' name. And he got the Holy Ghost. Oh, God, help us. He sent me, I thought it was a thank you card. I thought it was a thank you card. He sent the church an offering. I'm shaving. I don't want to get personal with you, but I'm shaving. I didn't have my glasses on, and I opened up the thank you card. And I said, honey, Brother Dave sent the church. I didn't have my glasses on, kind of fuzzy like y'all are right now. I said, honey, Brother Dave sent the church $670. And she said, oh, that's so sweet, that's so kind. My eyes kind of got adjusted a little bit. And I said, no, honey, Brother Dave sent the church $670. She came in. I'm just shaving away. She said, Kenny, you need to put your glasses on. I said, what, babe? She said, Dave sent the church a check for $67,000 is what he sent the church a check for. I'm telling you tonight, I'm just bragging on Jesus because if you will get your church given to missions, don't be intimidated. When Bishop Wilson preached us on our face, we started sending, we had a goal of sending $300 a month to missions. But we didn't let that intimidate us. We kept on giving to missions and giving to missions and giving to missions and giving to missions. And all of a sudden, God says, they're involved in what I'm involved in because I want Lebanon to hear the word of God. I want Russia to hear the word of God. North Mississippi may be gospel soaked, but there's a lot of places around the world that have never heard of the name. Would you stand with me right now? Could we just pray right now? Well, I just want to feel after God. I just want, I just want the Holy Ghost to help us tonight. It's the power of God unto salvation. It's the power of God unto salvation. It's the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. For I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the Jews. I am a debtor to preach the gospel. I am a debtor to preach the gospel. Come on now, pray with me for just a moment. This service is not about us from a few moments to go to right now. This is not about us. It's not about us. Come on, it's not about us right now. It's not about us right now. Oh, praise Him. Come on, ask Him. I want to be involved in the gospel. I want to be involved in the gospel. I want to be involved in the gospel. God, I want to win lost people to you. I want to connect with lost people. God, I want to take the gospel to lost people. God, I want to take this message to lost people. Jesus, you are God. Jesus, you are God. This world needs to know that you are God. You came to this world to die for our sins as a man. You came to give us salvation through your name. 
for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Buddha will not save us. Mohammed will not save us. God help me to be involved in the gospel. God help me to be involved in the gospel. God help me to be involved in the gospel. You can't claim scriptures that you don't qualify for, sir. There's demon spirits of perversion all over our land. You can't claim that over your family if you're not involved in the gospel. There's all kinds of danger that's all around us. But Brother Cook, we can't claim them if we're not connected to the gospel. I want you to listen to me now. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this. Please hear this tonight. Please. I beg you. I, I absolutely beg you to listen to this. The gospel is why God is going to anoint us. The gospel. They were cutting down trees. And a man's axe head came off and landed in the water. Now let me tell you, before it was lost, it was loose. I think we need to tighten up. I think we need to tighten up on the gospel. I think we need to do more preaching about the gospel. I, I, God never said he would anoint my good thoughts. He never said that he would anoint my, my pick-em-up mental pos positive attitude preaching. But he did say he would anoint the gospel. The gospel doesn't have to cause everybody to stand up as long as it causes the sinner to come to the altar. The gospel may not cause a hand clap offering to erupt. They may not put it on social media, a phrase that I said, but you cannot beat the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord God, Jesus Christ. Let's preach the gospel. Now, here's what I want to do. The only way that axe head swam, the only way he got it back, the prophet said, I want you to cut down a limb and cast it in. That meant that I had to yoke up with someone that had something that I didn't have. I got to yoke up with somebody that's got an axe head. If I'm going to get my axe head back, I got to yoke up with somebody that's got an axe head. So here's what I want us to do tonight, all over this building. I want us to break up in twos, all over this building. I want us to break up in twos. Just find somebody, man to man, woman to woman, please. I want you to break up into twos right now. Father, help me. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we have got to return to the preaching of the gospel. God, we have got to return back to preaching about the cross. God, we have got to return back God, we have got to return back, God, to giving and proclaiming. Oh, Come on, break up into twos right now. Man to man, woman to woman. 
We got to get our axe head back tonight. We got to get our gospel back tonight. At the cross, God help us to preach the gospel. 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 God help us to tell this world that you are God. You are the almighty God. You are not the second person of the Trinity. You are the almighty God robed in flesh. You are the almighty God robed in flesh. You are not the second person of the Trinity. You are Jehovah. You are the I am that I am. You are the great and mighty God. You are the almighty God who came flesh and walked among your creation. You were in the world and the world was made by you and the world knew you not. But to those that received you, to them gave you the, them the power to become the sons of God. We have got to get back. Come on, try it out tonight. We have got to get back to the gospel. We have got to get back to the gospel. We have got to get back to the good news. I don't qualify for law. I'm with you always if I'm not preaching the gospel. I don't qualify for divine financial blessings if I'm not given the mission. Come on tonight, I believe the spirit of giving is still here in this place. As a matter of fact, I believe God is moving upon hearts right now. Come on, I believe God is moving on hearts right now to write checks. I believe God is moving on hearts right now. It's going to missions. It's going to missions. Pastor Voskos has a burden for Lebanon. He's been to Lebanon several times over the last so many years. It's a dark region. It's a region that is in the grip of satanic darkness. But here in North Mississippi tonight, we can send the light of the blessed gospel. We can send the light tonight. Come on, we gotta preach the gospel. Come on, we gotta preach the gospel. Come on, we gotta preach the gospel. I'm not saying you shouldn't try to teach the saints, but let's not spend 100% of our time trying to get people to live right. Let's turn our attention to somebody that's never heard this truth. Jesus, come on, pray one more time. Could we push? The gospel, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. Come on, break up into twos. Come on, right now. I'm going to push you a little bit. I'm going to push you a little bit. God, help us if we can stand here tonight thinking that we're going to go to heaven and we're not moved about lost souls. You're not going to make it if you don't love what he loves. Come on, if you don't love what he loves. 
As a matter of fact, if you would get a burden for a lost soul, God just may reach down and start talking to your sons or daughters. God, if you will, if you will reach for what God loves, God may reach for what you love. If you will reach for what God loves, God may reach for what you love. Yeah. Brother Porterfield, Brother Porterfield, would you come here for a moment? I want every man, I want every man in this room right now. I want every woman to listen. I want every woman to listen. I want every woman to listen. And Brother Porterfield, as our district superintendent, I want you to lead every man in a soul-crying prayer to reach lost souls. And I want the men to pray only. I want the men to pray on. In the name of Jesus, God, we call upon you for the souls of men, God. Help us to stand on the banks and pull them out of the fire, God. Help us to preach the gospel, God. For the saving of their soul, God. Oh, Let intercessory prayer hit this district, God, for lost souls. God, use us, Lord. Use us to reach the lost, God. Oh, God, give us souls lest we die. Give us children lest we die, God. Oh, you've called us to the kingdom for such a time as this, God. This latter day, God, you called us to reach the lost. At any cost, God, help us tonight. Make me a soul winner, God. Make me a soul winner, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let it be done. Jesus. Sister Carpenter, Sister Porterfield, if you're here, would you come right now? We got to make this. We got to make this. Let me tell you something. Hell fears that every church in the Mississippi district is going to hit on the same note Sunday morning. The gospel. The gospel. The gospel. The gospel. Now, I want you two ladies to pray. And I only want the women to pray. You understand? We got to reach a world. We got to reach a world with the gospel. I love our shout. But there's people in your city right now waiting on you. There are people in your city that are waiting on you. We have got to break. We have got to break a mentality. 
We love to hear stories where we're sitting in restaurants and hungry people walk in and say, where do you go to church? Can I tell you, I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but that's not God's plan. It is not God's plan for a lost world to walk up to us and ask us where we go to church. It's our God's plan for us to walk up to a lost world and invite them to the house of God. They're waiting on us, you hear me? They're waiting on us. I can't get rid of this. I got something gripping my heart tonight. They're waiting on you. Young men, God didn't call you to preach. God didn't call you to preach so you could have a youth rally that everybody gets happy about. God called you to preach because there's lost people that need your voice. The times are short and there's lost people. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you something tonight. Bishop, Bishop Wilson told me, he said, I see a full circle happening here. He said, because you, many, many, many years ago in the old time Pentecost churches, when song service would begin, everybody would come and get in the choir off. And now it's coming full circle because now when we begin praise and worship, everybody comes down around the front and begins to sing. And if we're coming back to a full circle, I believe we're coming back to a full circle of young men starting churches. Bishop, how many 21-year-old men, how many young men in this building, you're either 21 years or maybe 20 years old or 21 years old? How, would you raise your hand right now? How, how old are you, son? 20? Anybody got 21 years old? Would you come up here right now? Would you come up here? Come on, come here a minute. Come here. You know what you're looking at right now? You're looking at a bishop, Billy McCool, that went to Knoxville and started a church. We got any young men, we got any young men 19 years old? We got a 19-year-old, you 19 years old? Come here, man, come here a minute. You know what you got right here? Sister Wilson, you got a Johnny Go Dad that goes to a little town in Missouri and starts a church. And before it's over, that church is running a couple hundred people that's still going strong today. Under the leadership of our pastors and under the leadership of our districts, the time is short. We have got to get busy evangelizing our world. Hey, we got a new church in our district. We got a new church in our district in Cleveland, Tennessee. Church of God headquarters. There's ever been a town that needed an apostolic church. Cleveland, Tennessee needed an apostolic church. That church has now been started for, I think, three, three years. Running about 50, supports missions. As a matter of fact, let me tell you this. The Cleveland church, three years old, comes in second place in our district of giving to missions. And he told me the other night, he told me the other night, he said, I'm coming after you, Pastor. But when you look at the records of that church, he said, I'm going to have it put in the records of that church because you know who the founder of that church is as far as the records are concerned? When Brother and Sister Fallon started coming to our church, he wanted to teach on Bible studies and he didn't know how. And he said, I, I can't get people to drive 70 miles to church. And my wife said, you get me anybody together and I'll drive down there and I'll teach home Bible studies. She would drive once a week to Cleveland 
And in all kinds of buildings, church buildings, libraries, you have it. She taught Brother Fallon and anybody that would gather. So in the minutes of their church, he says that the founding pastor of that church is Penny Carpenter. For God's sake, a woman went and started a church. Ladies, the women need to pray right now. We have got to get our burden for the gospel. Sister Porterfield, I want you to pray. Men, we're not praying. This is for the women only. I want you to pray, and I want you to hand the mic to Sister Carpenter after you're finished praying. The women only. Oh, God, we come to you tonight, God. And I ask you, oh, God, that you would let this burden and this desire begin in me, oh, God. Lord, let us feel the pains of travail, God, and Lord, let it begin in me. Draw me, God, to prayer, God. in the fear of God right now. This is something that the whole service when service started, Brother Carpenter asked me to greet the congregation tonight. And this is what I wrote down. I had no clue. Brother Carpenter, he didn't know what I wrote down. And I didn't know what he was going to preach. But I'm saying this, first of all, not by permission. So, Brother Carpenter, wherever you're at, I don't know where you went, but I'm going to ask for forgiveness first. And a tag on to what Brother Wilson had preached to us at General Conference. And I had no idea what my husband was going to say tonight. I don't think he did either. But when we went home after God laid both of us on our faces in that General Conference, we were getting ready to embark on a building program that we were going to build by faith. And God spoke to my husband and he said, you take care of my business and I'm going to take care of yours. He told our people, he said, after you tithe, because you got to have the tithe to run the church, we know that. But he said, after you tithe, he said, I want you, if you have to choose between a building fund offering and a missions offering, he said, I want to, you to give a missions offering. Now, we're going back to, by faith, you, you take care of my business, I'll take care of your business. So he asked our people, he began to tell them, Give to missions, give to missions. And I know some t people may perceive, and this is not reality, that when we would give, we were giving of our abundance. But we would put that missions bill every month in 
walls of the church and we would pull that bill out with those bills and sometimes we have to put not 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 to make it late because God always provided but we'd have to put the bills back in and give missions every month it was just the way it was and that was just how it was we had to walk by faith and some people think sacrifice is just giving but if it doesn't hurt it's not sacrifice I even asked myself the question tonight when they were taking the money again have I sacrificed have I given anything that hurt me that affected my daily life if we don't do that that's not sacrifice and we even had a man come by our church one day and he came to Maryville just to talk to my husband and this is where I'll ask for forgiveness but he asked to talk to me. We went out to eat, and he was saying, I want to know how you get your people to give. And my husband just, he hauled around. He didn't say anything, and he got up, and he went to the bathroom. And I said, Brother, I'm going to tell you what my husband won't tell you. You know how to get your people to give? Is that you're the first partaker. If we want our people to sacrifice, we have to sacrifice. It was much like that day, the rich young ruler, that he went away sorrowful, for he had many riches. But unless we're truly sacrificing and give it till it hurts, it's not sacrifice. We can call it that, but God knows it's not sacrifice until we give of our need. So with that being said, it just, it just was so strong on my mind to say that with sacrifice and hard work, the only way that God's going to do a great work. It's never happened easy. It's only come by sacrifice and hard work. And every level that we go to is another devil. We're not to get where we need to be without a fight. It takes a fight. And I consider it an honor to be able to do that. But always remember, if you're going to do something by faith, you got to take care of God's business. It's not about our castle. It's not about Maribel, it's about the kingdom of God, and it's about what they're doing around the world. They're actually risking their lives to take the gospel, and here we are in our comfort zone, in our ease in Zion, and we call it sacrifice. I don't really know if we truly know what sacrifice is. And it's my prayer for myself, and maybe this is just for me, that I will really learn what sacrifice is, that I will give of my need, and it won't be an easy thing. It will be something that hurts me. And it cuts me and it cuts my living or whatever it is. But I don't want to call sacrifice anymore sacrifice when it really isn't. So if we're going to be what God wants us to be. Another carpenter studied several years ago what, it, what he felt it was what we need to do to build a, a great church. And these are the things that he came up with. That's prayer, strong doctrine, and holiness, missions giving, and that Everything that we do has to be for the sake of souls because the motive that we have, we don't give to get. And I know our generation doesn't really believe that, but I'm not giving to get. I'm giving to win the loss. So really and truly, whatever our motive is, why we give, why we do what we do, it's whether God's going to bless it or not. If we're doing it for the sake of souls, if we're giving around the world just so souls can be saved, not that we can be blessed, but that somebody else's life can be blessed. Somebody can hear the gospel that truly would never hear unless we sent somebody there. That's my goal in life is to be, live a life of sacrifice and always remember that every level is another devil in Jesus' name. Money is still coming in, but we are right now at $54,000.
I'm going to say two things and turn it back over to your district superintendent. And the first thing is, I, I, I will sleep better if I tell you this tonight. I hope no one thinks in this room that I told those stories of what's happening in Maryville is some braggadocia. I'm the king of the mountain and nobody else is. God is doing greater things than that in other churches. I, I just so happen to be the one that's up here preaching tonight. But God has blessed churches in, in, around us. All of you have got testimonies of, of that. And I wouldn't want anybody to think I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to be something that I'm not. And the second thing I want to ask, how many will join me tomorrow in texting prodigals? to come back to church on Sunday. How many, how many, would you hold your cell phone up? You got your cell phone handy? Would you hold it up right now? Go ahead and hold it up. How many will help me tomorrow? How many, and now we're in the presence of God right now, okay? This, 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 this moment. Father, Lord, we want to return back to emphasis on the gospel. Lord Jesus, I pray all these people that are holding their cell phones up right now that we're going to text prodigals tomorrow. Lord, all over this part of the country, God, we're going to send out text messages. God, just like I, we were in New England last week and we had people hold their cell phones up. And God, I have reports of, of prodigals making their way back to apostolic churches last Sunday morning because someone texted them. Lord, I pray right now, God, that this camp meeting, God, not only gave us a demonstration, but gave us direction, Lord. God, I thank you for the people of this district. I thank you, Lord, for the district board. I thank you, God, for their labor of love. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Give the Lord a hand right now as your district superintendent comes. My, 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 what a challenge. Amen. The Holy Ghost has challenged us all, all week this week. I, I, I want to say this in, in closing before uh, Brother Cook comes and dismisses. Uh, you know, the, the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the fire. And he wasn't in the whirlwind but he's in the still small voice. And I feel like the Lord is saying to us tonight, listen to my voice, listen to my heartbeat. Uh, Sunday night, this past Sunday night, my wife and I went and preached for Brother Robbie Long. <clears throat> and uh, we were going down the road and this guy was walking down the road and, uh, and something just told me to stop and pick him up. And I, I, you know, I was running late, a little bit late. We couldn't find it. I didn't know that the Boonies were here in central Mississippi, but it is. And I couldn't find the church, and, and uh, we were just a little bit late. And so we went on to church. I got up and preached. And that guy walked in and sat on the back pew, and I said, oh, God, please forgive me. I preached, went back there, and I said, sir, you have the Holy Ghost? He said, no, I don't. I said, well, you're going to get it because God told me to stop and pick you up. And I didn't do it. And God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And I, I want to say this, and I'm not patting anything on my back. I can't fill nobody with the Holy Ghost. I can just, I, can, I know I can lay hands on them, but God fills them, amen. But I'm going to say this, and I, you don't have to be like me. I don't want to be like you, and I know you don't want to be like me. But we do need to do something for the Lord. We do need to be, I don't care if you pastor a, a 1,500, you still need to be a soul winner. Amen. And, and I'm going to tell you, every Sunday, every church time, I try to have somebody in my car bringing them to church. I read a book said don't get the keys, to, don't have the keys to the church, don't do none of those things, don't 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 pick up nobody in your car, don't drive the church van or none of that stuff. But I'm I'm different than everybody else. 
Amen. I want to see souls saved. If you're not going to do it, if the congregation's not going to do it, I'm going to get somebody to church. And here's the thing about it. If we, if we go to church uh, uh, Sunday afternoon. We go to uh, Ashland Sunday morning. And uh, if I can't get nobody to come to church, I'm going to go by and pick my wife up and bring her. I'm making sure I'm bringing somebody to church. I don't know about you, but I want to be a soul winner. Brother Bishop, I want to see New Albany saved. I want, and they're going to, you're going to have revival. Amen. Our churches, listen to me. I want us to pray for one another. I want us to reach to lost. I want you to call us up, call this board up and say, hey, I had three get the Holy Ghost because somebody brought somebody to church Sunday morning and Sunday night. I want to be a soul. I'm challenged tonight, and I'm going to take this challenge, and I'm going to win somebody in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a big hand praise. God is so good. I want to thank, I want to thank this church Pastor Vasquez, thank you so much. Amen. All the hospitality. These people, I'm telling you, they're the most wonderful people. Amen. They have done such a great job. Could we give them all a big hand? I wish I could give them $100 a piece, but I'm going to give it to missions. Amen. Hallelujah. God is so good. Thank you for coming. We're going to have Brother Cook come. Thank you, Brother Carpenter. I don't know if, I don't even know what my job is, but I want you to know it's been easy this week, and I believe it's because Brother Carpenter came and let the Holy Ghost have his way. Thank you so much. We love you and appreciate you. God bless you. Just a reminder, we're going to have the 11th hour here for all of our young people. Uh, Brother and Sister Carpenter are going to be here for that, and then directly after the afterburners, what they're calling it. Amen. I'm not sure what that is, but it sounds like it's going to be hot. Amen. Amen. So also, I think there's food prepared in the gymnasium again. Uh, let's lift our voice one more time. God, we thank you for your anointing and your power. I thank you, God, for the word that you have released among your people, God. I pray, Lord, that, that what we've heard tonight, God, would stir the hearts of every soul, Lord. That we would go to our own churches, God. That you would move, God. That our passion would be for lost souls, God. That we could see your glory. We give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. You're dismissed tonight in the fear of the Lord.